The following podcast is not meant for children or for liberals, even though that's pretty much the same thing these days, but that's what we're here for. Somebody's got to keep these brats in line. Anyway, you've been warned. It's the right opinion. These days, our media's either incompetent or malevolent. They don't believe in heaven, but they acting like they haven't sent. Knowing the truth is way harder than telling it. We gotta work harder, gotta be more intelligent. Sometimes we just gotta grab a mic and start yelling shit. We're living in times when it's hard to stay relevant. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Be the elephant in the room in a room full of elephants. Boom. Boo. Yeah, people were booing Trump recently. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. It's a crazy world out there, and I haven't been here to talk about it enough with you fine people. Welcome to The Right Opinion. I, of course, am your not-so-humble host, Harrison Bergeron, and I'm happy to have you all here, as always. Uh, it's the holiday season. Happy, you know, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa to you. Kwanzaa's not real. Um, <laughs> what can I say to piss people off right out the gate? Uh, that's that's not. I don't even think that's controversial anymore, that Kwanzaa's not real. It's like an FBI... PSYOP, uh, which is just like reason 7,481 to abolish the FBI. But that's a conversation for a whole nother day. I literally have an entire email folder <laughs> dedicated to uh, to anti-FBI stories that I will un- I will put into one episode at some point. Uh, now that I've put it out into the ether, hopefully it will actually happen. But nevertheless, we are here. It's the right opinion. It's been a while. I mean, where do I even begin, right? There's a million things to talk about. Uh, a couple off the top. Uh, one in particular, I want to talk about this Kyle Rittenhouse situation, right? It's been a little while. The dust has settled. We've gotten a chance to uh, to see how the media's reacted. We've gotten a chance or at least a little bit of a hint as to how Kyle is going to react moving forward. Um, just, you know, obviously, I agree with the verdict. I think it's a joke that that, that trial ever took place to begin with. Uh, all the the notions about the the racist Republican judge who uh, apparently turns out after the fact to have been like a lifelong Democrat, <laughs> and uh, and you know obviously the murderous seventeen year old who went there and only shot at anybody who was really trying to cause him severe bodily harm. Right? I, I mean, we were told that this this young white kid went to a Black Lives Matter rally shot a bunch of people. A lot of people to this day still don't fully grasp that all three people shot were white. Uh, they think that it was a person of color, as if that really makes a difference. But um, at the end of the day, you know, the, the jury heard the case. The jury, on top of, you know, seeing the evidence, had some quite obvious external pressure applied on them, not only by NBC producers or, or you know, um, adjunct reporters, following the jury bus but obviously these people know they live in the community they saw the riots that started all of this nonsense in the first place which is another hilarious well listen if you don't laugh you'll cry right another somewhat ironic shall we say aspect of all of this is that the riots that Kyle was at were a result of riots because Jacob Blake was shot supposedly unarmed by police officers, Jacob Blake being black, police officers largely white. I, I think we just default to white police officers these days. Obviously, they were in this case. Um, there was the whole situation with LeBron James tweeting out the picture of the cop 
you're next because, you know, he's not a fucking shit stirrer at the end of the day. Really, that's all he is. He's a fucking shit stirrer. And good for him. I mean, he's making billions of dollars off of it. But unfortunately, there's like, you know, generations of, of young athletes and, and young black kids, I'd imagine, just in general, that look up to this guy and he's a total fucking tool. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame, but unfortunately, it's not the first of its kind uh, in that particular you know situation. But nevertheless, um, you've got Jacob Blake, who supposedly was unarmed and shot by police. Turns out not only wasn't he unarmed he was he was very much armed he told the police like i'm gonna go grab this knife out of this car that happens to have some children in it those children happen to be i guess his but also with the woman who he was there previously assaulting in front of said children it it, none of this was good this guy was a real bad guy and he had showed absolutely no remorse as he went towards this car grabbed the knife and was getting ready obviously what do you do when you're you're standing there with a bunch of police you're telling them you're gonna go get a knife like what what's the next step logical step from there obviously he was intending on using it and he was stopped from doing so by the police who told him you know drop the knife bang 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 I think it was seven shots. Nevertheless, he got hit uh, a bunch of times, and this was turned into the next George Floyd because we had just come off of all of that nonsense. Uh, that that white officer who who killed George Floyd was was found guilty. By the way, you know the system works itself out, even if you do have to fucking I guess pressure it to do so at times. But nevertheless, um, that guy was found guilty. George Floyd, you know, caused all these riots. But back to Jacob Blake, back to Kyle Rittenhouse. So now, because Jacob Blake was shot and killed by police, and it was supposedly this great injustice, which it really wasn't, now there's riots in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kyle Rittenhouse, who happens to be in the area, has friends and family in the area, and has worked in the area, is is there trying to provide medical aid, clean and graffiti. Like, this guy was not going there to murder people. And if, frankly, if his whole, if his goal was like, I'm going to go there, I'm going to shoot a bunch of people, but I'm going to lay this trail of good Samaritanship all over the place so that after the fact, I've got all these alibis seeing me do all of these awesome things. Frankly, he deserves to get a couple of bodies. For that, you get a couple of bodies. Congratulations, Kyle Rittenhouse. If that was your grand plan, you fucking nailed it, son. But I obviously don't think that that's the case. That's quite a stretch. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, he, he did, he had, he did what he had to do to stay alive in, in not only my opinion, but in the opinion of the 12 jurors, apparently, as he was found not guilty across the board. That brings me to the news, you know, coverage of this. They still, to this day, have pundits on TV calling this kid a murderer. Uh, he's going to sue the pants off of them. Nicholas Sandman just, just settled a lawsuit with NBC Universal in the, nine figure range and I I would figure that that sort of payday is probably coming Kyle Rittenhouse's way as well um, from a variety of different outlets including the uh, the presidential campaign of the president of the, the, the sitting president of the United States and probably the DNC more largely for basically you know labeling this kid a white supremacist in their campaign ads when there was absolutely no evidence at any point other than he was there, you know, undoing the good work of the Black Lives Matter rioters. Uh, other than that, there's really no... Uh, I've seen a, a picture circulating about, you know, him doing the the white power sign, you know, the OK symbol with, with some proud boys or whatever. This is like their hard evidence. 
Um, I'm, you know, not a proud boy, not a, not a fan of the proud boys, but I've, I've, you know, been following this shit long enough to know that the proud boys are, are not a white supremacist organization. Their most recent leader was just arrested for, I guess, capturing and burning a black lives matter flag. He got, you know, vandalism and, and, and theft, you know, but a petty theft or whatever the fuck it was. Um, but he did get arrested and, uh, was, was, I got some jail time actually for, for the charges, whatever they uh, were officially, don't quote me on, on the actual charges there. Um, but nevertheless, uh, he, he's like a, you know, an Afro Latino gentleman. (laughs) He's not, he's not white. Uh, they're very much about Western civilization, but Western civilization has room for all cultures if they're willing to, you know, to adapt to it. Basically, the American mindset is sort of what the Proud Boys really stand for at the end of the day. I, again, not a huge fan of theirs, but that's certainly how it started. Uh, if you've ever heard Gavin McGinnis tell, tell the story on Joe Rogan about how this all started, it's it really was just like a gag that got way out of hand, but anything but the Ku Klux Klan they are. So... Um, nevertheless, the, the, the Proud Boys, um, how did I even get on this Proud Boys contingent? Oh, because Kyle Rittenhouse was seen doing the white power symbol again, the OK symbol, which is a, a 4chan, you know, meme that went out of control, where basically now anyone who's ever put that, this symbol up, the, the OK symbol, I'm putting it up like you could see me, um, it, it, you know, the same logo that's on Steph Curry's hats, and uh, and and every literally every politician or public figure at some point in time has been seen flashing this OK symbol. You can you can Google image away. You'll see virtually everyone ever has flashed the symbol. But apparently, when specific people do it in specific circumstances, it means they are absolutely white supremacists. Which gets me to something that uh, one of one of you know one of one of you have actually emailed me about recently. I think it was Hans. And Hans, I think I'm an email or two behind on you, brother. So I'll catch up with you eventually. But nevertheless, uh, he was asking about why, why, are, why is the media pushing this white supremacy thing so hard? And uh, and I, I thank you for the question because it made me think about it. And then sure enough, I was listening to a series of podcasts and they all kind of answered the question for me. So I'm going to kind of summarize, you know, um, kind of all all of what they came up with and what I've kind of surmised from all of that right so so why are they pushing the white supremacy thing so hard with this Kyle Rittenhouse deal uh a couple of reasons uh you have to kind of break it down into why are they pushing the white supremacy thing to begin with it's it's because it's a boogeyman that it it, once they can once they can attach that to you they can completely discredit you and ruin your entire life for some reason we live in this incredibly racist country yet being branded a racist is like the worst thing that can really happen to you in a social, you know, environment. So, you know, and those two things don't really coincide, which is really what it comes down to is that they want America to be racist so that they can say everyone that they don't like is racist, so much so that they have to manufacture racism. See Jussie Smollett, see Bubba Wallace, see all of the the race hoaxes on college campuses. Oh, blah, 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 threw, drew a swastika on my door. Oh, it turns out he drew a swastika on his own door because he's, you know, whatever. Uh, it, you know, all, all of these various racist hoaxes are out there because, as, as Ben Shapiro puts it, he's like, there is a, there is a you know, a, an extremely high demand for racism, but an, an extreme dearth in terms of supply of racism in America. And that's a real problem for these identitarian, you know, politicians out there who, who want to make everything about race and about sex and about blah, 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 blah. You know, sex is, it's 50-50 pretty much. There's actually more women. Men are the most oppressed 
you know, major minority in, in, in the world, right? <laughs> you can make that sort of argument. Um, but, but yeah, at the end of the day, or women, for that matter, are the only oppressed majority, which, which is hard to wrap your head around when you think about it, because that should never, ever happen. And yet, it, it apparently did. Mind-blowing. But yeah, so Kyle Rittenhouse, not a white supremacist. The media wants you to think he is because they don't want you to agree with anything that he did. And if you do, then you are too. Congratulations. You know, now they could say, oh, you're, you're, you know, that, that Harrison Bergeron, he's a white supremacist. He supports Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, people were fired for donating to his legal funds, which he wasn't allowed to collect for some reason because I guess GoFundMe gets to act as like a pre-jury where they decide whether or not you're guilty. And if they think you're guilty, then they're not going to let you raise legal funds on their platform. That's a whole nother ball of wax. That is that is pretty fucked up. And look, this sort of stuff, the debanking, the the you know, the deplatforming, man, I wish I could tell you it's gonna get better. It's getting a fuck ton worse and not in the too distant future either. I think 2022 is the year that they come for the podcasts. Man, it's going to make me want to do more shows. So there's a good news, you know, from that front probably. But the, I think they're going to come for the podcast platforms. That's been the one place where like other than I think Apple took down Alex Jones for like a week. And and I'm pretty sure I was still getting the feed, and I probably still do uh, on the the Infowars podcast comes through. I think still on the RSS feed through Apple Podcasts. Somebody could check me on that, but I'm I'm fairly certain it still does. Uh, it, but there was a period of time where it wasn't coming through, and you couldn't get the show. That said, I I think you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, places like that, they're going to start cramping down on anything that they don't agree with, because when you think about it, yeah parlors out there yeah rumbles out there yeah getter and and whatever is out there and and certainly the the right-wing media machine has found a way to kind of create their own little hubs the daily wire and the blaze and you know like whatever tim pool's doing i guess those are kind of the three big ones right now bongino uh doing his own little thing bongino report and his radio show and his fox show his own little thing yeah he's doing big things folks um but but there's a lot going on there uh, in the right-wing media space, and uh, it, it's going to be increasingly hard for these places, you know, to start you, that basically, like, Apple is going to gonna get pressured, like, hey, man, Ben Shapiro is up at the top of your podcast charts, like, every week, like, we, this can't be allowed, you're, you're going to have to find a way to, to not make that happen, and they're going to reply, like, yeah, but everyone's subscribed to the show already, like, we can't make them not listen to it, and then the response will be, but can't you? And eventually Apple is going to relent and they're going to kick stuff like the Daily Wire off. Unfortunately for them, people like the Daily Wire, people like Dan Bongino, Glenn Beck, you know, the, the right wing media machine has has got a lot of money behind it. So they they can actually start like an alternative economy is what, what Bongino talks about all the time, a parallel economy where, yeah, you know, unfortunately... I'm fine with doing business with liberals. Liberals aren't fine with doing business with me. So why the fuck am I going to give them my money? Uh, you know, there are the unavoidable platforms for now. Like I watch an obscene amount of YouTube and it's, it's really a problem. It, it is. I'm sorry. And I don't want to give Google and YouTube all these, 
you know, these these ad dollars. And Lord knows they're making a goddamn fortune off of me because there's a fucking ad that pops up every 14 seconds when I'm watching a YouTube video. I, I swear to God, it's amazing how many fucking ads will pop up during like a four minute video. I'm getting multiple ad breaks. I mean, it's a, it's it's insane. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, if they if, if I could get like a guaranteed never see an ad again for like 10 bucks a month, I'd probably drop that too. But, you know, until Rumble gets all of the shows and the the, you know, the the streamers or whatever it is that I that I like to watch on YouTube. I watch a lot of politics stuff, obviously. I watch a lot of Marvel, you know, kind of comic booky stuff. I watch some sports stuff. I watch, you know, a lot of music. Um, not all of that's available on Rumble for me yet. So until it is, uh, I can't make the switch, but we're getting there. And, and, and unfortunately we're going to get pushed there because like I said, the deplatforming, the debanking, all of that sort of stuff is coming. It's coming real hard and it's probably coming real hard in 2022 before, you know, the, the Democrats lose complete and total power in 2023 after the red wave that will be very real. Unlike the blue wave, Last time around, that was really not all that blue and all that wavy and, quite frankly, probably not all that legitimate. But at the end of the day, getting back to the Kyle Rittenhouse thing and the white supremacy thing, why are they pushing this so hard? It's because they, well, A, like I said, they want to push it because they need there to be racism, right? That's one half of it. Getting back to the other half of it, they they pick situations where there's no evidence of racism whatsoever just to fucking see who they could convince that there's racism there. I mean, it has to be that at this point, right? George Floyd, yeah, white guy, uh, kneeling on a black guy's neck, didn't hear an N-bomb, didn't see or hear anything throughout the course of that very long video that we all watched where he was, you know, in any way, shape, or form racist. None of it can be interpreted as racist. As a matter of fact, he kind of went out of his way for a long period of time during that exchange to try to make... Floyd comfortable to the point to where it, it got uncomfortable and then he died because, you know, a whole slew of reasons, including, yes, most obviously the knee on his neck. But at the end of the day, there was no evidence of racism there. As a matter of fact, I believe Derek Chauvin was married to an Asian woman. And I know Asians aren't real minorities, but if they're not white, they're not white, right? Like interracial marriages are, are interracial marriages. They're either, you know, they either are or they aren't. It's like, like being pregnant. Uh, and not to say that, you know, that I have uh, any opinion one way or the other about who's marrying who, really, at, 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 as long as, you know, everybody's consenting. I don't frankly give a fuck who's marrying each other. Um, but, you know, here, here we are, you know, where, where certain races are held at a certain level of esteem because of their victimhood, but others aren't because they're not as big of victims. Like, it's all so goddamn racist. Like, if you just didn't look at everything through the lens of race, none of this would really be a problem. And and it isn't, except for in your crazy heads out there, you fucking wacky liberals. But they need to push these cases because they need to be able to convince people that there's real, real, real bad racism where there's no evidence of racism whatsoever. Like, they didn't talk about the Ahmed Arbery case at all, where there was a, a lot of potential evidence of racism with some of these guys. And frankly, the whole situation looks and sounds very racist. It's three, you know, white, old white guys in a pickup truck, like, circling a black guy with a shotgun. Like, none of that fucking looks or sounds good, no matter what the pretext is. That's a pretty fucking racist-sounding scenario. 
It sounds far more racist than, you know, black man and white man interacted. This is like, oh my God, this is very fucking, you know, Alabama in the 60s, all of this. So everyone kind of assumed and recognized, yeah, there was probably some some racial bias in what these guys did. And this guy shouldn't have died, even if he was you know, kind of breaking into this construction site on a regular basis and possibly stealing shit, you know, is is that worth shooting a random guy over? I don't think so. And all those guys were found fucking guilty because the system ultimately does work. Because if you, if you tell a story to six random people or 12 random people, uh, at the end of the day, if it's, you know, if it's pretty obvious what happened where it was, I guess, in the Floyd case, it was most certainly in the Rittenhouse case, And obviously, in the Arbery case, those juries made those calls based on having all of the evidence laid out for them. It's it's kind of a wonderful system if you just fucking let it play out every once in a while. Don't don't get me wrong. The system can be and has been and will forever in some way, shape or form be corrupted. But more times than not, I think, you know, these types of cases get an extreme magnifying glass on them. And I think more times, like I said, more times than not. Um, you know, they, we get the right call here based on everything that we're seeing. And in a lot of these cases, we're seeing pretty much everything the jury's seen. Unfortunately, not in all cases, but, uh, yeah, in the Rittenhouse case, that bitch was basically live streamed. Like everyone watched every second of that fucking trial. I was, I was watching it work on my phone. (laughs) Like you could just, you could be in the room basically nowadays, you know, mics and HD cameras and live stream on the internet, I mean, it's, you're basically fucking there, you know the case as well as anybody in that room, because you're listening to it in its entirety, if you wanted to, I mean, not to suggest I watch literally every minute of it, but you, you, you know, not only did this, is this kid not a murderer, but he's most certainly not a white supremacist, at no point during the trial did the prosecutor at any, like, at at any level suggest that this might have been in any way, shape, or form, like an act of racism, or that there might have been some racist bias, or that Kyle might have been a white supremacist, and that might have been why he was hostile towards these, I guess, allies of the black community, because none of them were black. It, it, they have to push these racist narratives because they need racism, and they have to push the most obscure ones because the obvious ones everyone fucking agrees on. Everyone, oh yeah, duh. Like, yeah, this this guy was pretty racist, and he should fry. And then he does. Because unless you find the 12 jurors who are the 12 idiots that don't think that this obvious open and shut case happens to be an open and shut case, I mean, come on. What are the odds of that happening at the end of the day? So, you know, I think that, I think that particular narrative is just, it's going to keep getting driven home because, I mean, I hate to say it, because it just sounds so condescending and it sounds lazy, but the left has no argument. They have nothing to lean on. Their policies on law enforcement, their policies on climate, their policies on economics, none of them are based in any sort of reality. They live in the world where police are out hunting down black people and shooting them for sport. We live in the world where, unfortunately, those things do happen from time to time, but more often than not, the people who are getting shot by police merit being shot by police. Police don't take this lightly. They're most certainly not out there playing fucking laser tag with their Glocks. Okay, they, this is this is real life. These people have real families to go home to, and they'd like to go home to them. 
A, by not dying, and B, by not getting locked up in prison for a gratuitous murder. You know, like, they, 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 it's, it's just silly. Yes, there are rare exceptions to everything I just said. But they're rare exceptions. The left thinks it's an everyday occurrence. Normal people understand it's not even close. Their policies on economics. Oh, we'll just keep printing money and pumping it into the economy, and the inflation definitely won't crush the lower and middle class. Everything that the Demo the Democrats scream, hey, we want to help the little guy. And I think they're so dumb that they actually think that their policies might help the little guy. But what are they trying to do now? Yeah, they're trying to raise a little bit the corporate tax, whatever. Who's that going to ultimately hurt? The middle class, because the corporations, the people who own those corporations, now have, you know, 7% less revenue to work with or 7% less, um, you know, alt, uh, of, of their, yeah, 7% less basically of their company to work with for with their annual budget. So now are they going to eat the 7%? No, they're going to fucking lay people off. So now those people don't have jobs and Jeff Bezos is doing just fine. And then we get into the, uh, they want to bring back the SALT deductions from, from federal income tax. So basically, before the Trump tax cuts, if you were paying your state and local tax, SALT, S-A-L-T, you could then deduct the amount that you pay to the state from your federal income tax payment. So if you're, you owe the state $15,000, you can then deduct $15,000 from the uh, ultimate amount that you owe the federal government at the end of the year. And obviously, that's pretty nice. In the Trump tax cuts, they put a cap on it so that you can only deduct up to $10,000. So if your property taxes were, or your state and local taxes were $15,000, well, now you, you're basically losing out on $5,000 because you can only deduct $10,000 from your federal income. Well, the Democrats want to swoop in and remove that restriction, allowing pretty much only wealthy people with extraordinarily high state and local income taxes um, for, and property tax, you know, state and local taxes, so property tax income and federal uh, state income tax. Um, those, those things are way higher for your wealthy neighbors and so now they will be able to take a much larger number and deduct that from their federal income tax. Isn't it nice how the how we're helping the little guys, even though no little guy will in any way, shape, or form be touched by this? Only the wealthy are going to get a tax cut if that happens. That's absurd. They tell you that we're fighting for the little guy, and then one of the first big things that they want to do is is basically give the rich a tax break. Like out in the open, they're not saying that's what it is, but that's what it is. They're saying, oh, we want to remove the salt deductions, blah, 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 blah. Like, like first of all, most people don't even know it. It's hard for me to even explain it. It's not even that difficult of a concept. But it's on, on its face a tax cut for the rich. So we're going to raise the corporate tax, which is going to result largely in people getting laid off and prices being increased, and or prices being increased, really. It could be both or a little of each. Um, it's going to also result now in their massive government spending, even more inflation, because we're just pumping a bunch of money into the economy we don't even have. And then, on top of all of that, we're going to give the, the rich you know, a tax cut and fuck the middle class even harder. So, yeah. This this is this is the reality that these people live in. 
again, I, I, I like to think that they're just evil and they know that they're lying and that they're just good at it and or most of our fellow Americans are morons. I like to think that that's the better alternative because <laughs> if these people are really this dumb and they have such a little grasp on, on really reality, basics, of the just fundamentals of, of life, it's a miracle these people can fucking tie their shoes. And they have millions of followers? Oh, God, we're doomed. We're just doomed. So, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So they need to make the people that do know what they're talking about seem pretty evil. So that, obviously, you can't vote for them. I mean, they might even be right. But they're evil. Fuck them. You don't want to be one of those racist people. Or those sexist people. Or those xenophobic people. Islamic phobic people, tra- transphobic people, Omicronic phobic people. Yes, we came all the way back to fucking Omicron. There it is. I don't know how I managed to find this segue, but we pulled it out of the abyss from the grand multiverse. Go see Spider Man. If you haven't seen Spider Man yet, go see Spider Man. Back to Omicron. Omicron. It's just so fucking silly. It's it, it can't be real. And it basically isn't real. And what do I mean by that? I mean, we're talking about a virus that as of today, we've had about a month since it was discovered. The woman who initially discovered it in South Africa basically discovered it, I mean, as anyone, I guess, would by sheer happenstance. She had patients that like, they just felt a little off. But they had like no symptoms other than they just didn't really feel right. And that was it. And so she was like, well, I mean, you're not really symptomatic. I I, I mean, I guess we, I don't really know what that means. Like, I guess we'll COVID test these people. These people had such a mild case. They barely knew they were sick. They just like kind of knew something didn't feel right. None of them required hospitalization. None of them have died. (laughs) This is this is like the the Omicron. Like, oh my god, run for the hills, people. The name sounds sort of scary. It sounds like a like a like a fucking Transformer meets a Pokemon. Like it is a oh no. This thing's gonna get us. So everyone's running for the hills for Omicron. I believe as of right now, even though there's like a bajillion cases of it in the UK. Like, one person has died from it. I mean, this is not, this ain't it. And when I say it, it really doesn't even exist. I mean, it's it's like so ever-present, it's like air. Like, it, yes, it exists, but you can't really, like, you can't, like, you know, hold it. It's like, it's like love. Like, <laughs> it's just like it's a real thing. But is it real? It, it's, it's now the most overwhelming strain in the U.S., in about three weeks of documented presence in the U.S., it now makes up about 90% of the cases. And there is no subsequent spike in hospitalizations or deaths. This thing is so mild that they're saying now, weirdly enough, ultimately, time traveler Trump is real because I think he was right about this virus. He just forgot what fucking year he was in. (laughs) Is that this is a... This is a flu-like virus 
that is so mild it is actually less deadly for the vast majority of people than the actual flu itself. We went from a virus that, you know, killed largely fat and old people like the flu does, that if you said it was anything like the flu, even though it operated extraordinarily similarly to the flu, you were kicked off social media. A virus that probably started in a lab that if you ever said that on social media, you were probably kicked off social media. Turns out that's probably true now. Uh, And ultimately, this resulted in a vaccine for said virus that didn't really work. And now we've got a strain of it that is bursting through vaccinations like fucking like like a running back going through the fucking line, just like barreling through, making its way to the fucking end zone, just sticking that arm out and praying that he doesn't fumble on the half yard like he is getting through there through the vaccinations through the masks, through the mandates, through the lockdowns, you cannot stop this fucking virus, and I say, good. Good! It's, it's nothing. It's so everywhere, and, and it's like, you, you fucking, you have it right now. You don't even know it. You probably fucking have it. Go take the test. You know what? Strike that. Don't go take a test, because that's the new thing, right? So, so there was a severe lack of racism, so they have to manufacture racism. There is now a severe lack of serious threat from this virus because the Omicron variant is so insanely transmissible. It is 140 times more transmissible than the original variant, or I guess the original strain. Everything else since has been a variant, I'd imagine. It is 70 times more transmissible than Delta, but it's like infinitesimally less severe. It's it's probably 70 times less severe, right? If it got, if it got 70 times more vir- virulent, maybe it's 70 times less severe. I'm not saying that's a real thing, but it it appears to be about 70 times less less severe because way less people are getting hospitalized, way less people are dying, way less people are even fucking aware they have it. And that's where the testing comes in. They need a new mechanism for fear. And we know, you know, they've been pushing cases, cases, cases for a long time when cases, cases, cases couldn't mean fucking less to me if there's a bajillion cases and like six people are dying and like 12 people are in the hospital. I don't care about the cases. I care about the people who are dying and who are in the hospital. And yeah, there's been spikes in both of those fronts throughout the course of this pandemic. But when there hasn't been, then they hit you with cases, cases, cases. Oh, my God, all these cases. There's like 14 bajillion, million, zillion, billion, billion, fucking blah, blah, Google, ampersand, dollar sign cases of this virus in Florida alone. (laughs) I saw a report today that they're trying to blame the recent surge in New York because they have all these crazy mandates, so it obviously can't be the way that they're handling things, or the fact that it's still the biggest, you know, one of the biggest, most busy cities in the world. Uh, it couldn't, definitely couldn't be that. Um, but nevertheless, it has to be that the Floridians, wait for it, flew north for the winter and are up here. Yes, they're trying to blame a spread in New York City on the Floridians who for some reason 
decided to come up to the Northeast during the winter because that's not what people do at all. That's literally the opposite of what everyone does. (laughs) Everyone from New York goes to Florida for the winter. Well, not everyone, but, you know, the people, certainly if there was a, a migration, you know, a little map with, like, an arrow, there would be far more people during this time of year going from New York to Florida than from Florida to New York. Unless, of course, they went to Florida and they're just coming back from New York. That might be. But why would they be doing that now unless they're just coming back for the holiday season? And in which case, why is this Florida's problem? (laughs) What does this have to do with Florida? You have no idea that these people contracted this in Florida. And once more, just in case, like I wasn't perfectly clear about this Omicron, it's basically not even a thing. It's so not even a thing. There's there's, There's so little evidence that this is going to rip roar through the population we're gonna have a third wave and a blah 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 we need to mask again when everyone needs to dress in hazmat suits and fencing outfits and something or other it's a oh my god there's nothing there this is actually getting to the point to where you're starting to see some sanity even from the wackos on the left because i think even they they see 2022 on the wall they see you know they they see that they've just gone way too far with this thing and now, like, all of the evidence is coming out, basically, for anyone who's been paying attention this whole time, that all of our establishment media, you know, scientists, fucking government, you know, organizations have just failed us from top to bottom. They're as crooked and corrupt as any other group of people that have ever existed, and I don't think, you know... it. You have to be a pretty wacko leftist to have not come to this realization by now. And I think even even some of the wacko leftists realize that there's going to have to be, you know, some reckoning and that it, that it, maybe if we get ahead of this, we can be like the first people that, that, that came and steered things back towards sanity so that when they come for the crazies, maybe they'll, they'll show a little mercy towards us. Enter Brian Stelter. Yeah. That fucking potato on CNN with the whiny voice. Hi, I'm Brian Stelter here on CNN. And um, I got to say, folks, maybe uh, maybe we went a little far. I'm thinking we went a little too far because I, th- I think we should let the kids go to school. I know that sounds crazy because I'm, I'm on a CNN set and people don't even people don't even think th- th- these people don't even have children. They're godless animals. But nevertheless, I think we should let the kids go to school. I think we should let them go. I don't think there's any real scientific evidence to suggest that these kids are going to die from this thing. I don't think we should let them go to school. That happened. That I mean, that was almost that was almost a, it, that was basically a video clip of what just happened on CNN. But yeah, no, Brian Stelter like went on TV the other day and gave sort of a heartfelt speech about like maybe we maybe we took this a little far with the kids. Like yeah, we should protect the elderly. And yeah, maybe the kids should wear masks or whatever in school, but I like I think we should just let them live normal lives. To 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 for the most part there's no real evidence if your kids are young, which they are cuz they're kids, and if they're healthy, and if they're not, it's sort of on you. You know, like like why are we punishing these kids because grandma might die. Keep them apart. Let the kids go to school. Let them like run around and tackle each other and like you know, wet willies and shit, like the kids, man, like, let let them be kids, did anyone, 
think about this. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There was people who were saying this the whole time, including the, and this is where it gets real insidious, including like real doctors, like board certified Nobel Prize winning doctors were saying this early on, saying like, look, yeah, the lockdowns, they might sound good in theory, but there's a ripple effect here that I don't think we want to really initiate, meaning you know, there's there's like kids in schools that are young and developing and need facial cues and and contact and and you know daily education that's that's serious than not staring at a computer screen pretending to pay attention all day. Like there's there's kids that need to be in school and interact with adults and and fellow children and learn just like the you know like people. My dad never my dad didn't go to college, but people who he worked with who did always would tell him like 90% of what you learn has nothing to do with what goes on inside the classroom. And, and a lot of that is true. You learn to network, you learn, you know, almost like you're kind of, it, it's, it's babyhood for adulthood. Yeah, I said it. It's like sort of like preschool for adults, right? You're, you're kind of this, this is it. This is school. And this is the last time you're ever going to do work for free. So the type of work you do moving forward is very important because it will merit, you know, will have a lot to do with your level of income moving forward. And the people you meet here may very well be your peers out there. So get to know them and see if you can maybe all kind of buddy up and make something work for yourself. A lot of, a lot of that's what, what college ultimately is. And the same is certainly true for preschool and kindergarten. Like these are kids that never really went to a classroom and like read a book in a circle and fucking played with blocks and shit with their friends like that that that's that's weird those are that's that's the beginning of a lot of serial killer fucking origin stories right is that you you create some really depraved kids when you basically cut them off from society for an extended period of time during their formative years not to mention you know the older kids drug problems suicide rates even older people than that, lack of, you know, inability to go to hospitals and stuff to get basic things like, you know, checkups and cancer screenings and stuff like that. A lot of undiagnosed diseases were, were you know, took place in the last 18 to 24 months, no doubt. We probably won't know the, the true ripple effect of that for some time. A lot of negative things came from these lockdowns, and yet they insisted on telling you that they need these lockdowns. And it's gotten to the point to where even Brian Stelter's like, you know, guys, I think we went a little far. And that's that's where we're at. Furthermore, CNN, let's stick with that. Their, their resident doctor, um, oh, man, Michelle Zhang, something like Dr. Zhang, we'll call her. It's not Gupta. It's the other one. She's been as like pro-lockdown as everybody else. She broke it to people the other day. Like, look, I mean, this Omicron thing's for real. It's spreading pretty fast. Um, your cloth masks are, she used the term facial decorations at this point, <laughs> meaning that unless you're wearing an N95 or a KN95 mask, there's a strong likelihood that you have virtually no protection against this unless you're vaccinated. And for that matter, we're seeing an exorbitant amount of breakthrough cases with this strain because it, it doesn't appear that the, the vaccine is really up to the challenge here, unless you maybe got it recently uh, certainly, if you got it a while back, your efficacy is waning anyway, 
and now here comes Corona, uh, you know, here comes uh, Omicron. So, uh, you know, if you're, I've said this from the beginning, like, I'm not a huge truster in the vaccines. I, that's why I haven't been vaccinated. Hashtag pure blood, hashtag control group. But if you're an older person, if you're a obese person, if you're somebody who you know has some sort of immune deficiency or a serious condition that is being monitored on a semi-regular basis, I don't know that this virus is the best thing for you up until Omicron. I, I'm not ready to make that leap yet, but look, this shit is about you. Mitigate your own risk. Again, I'll repeat the people that I think should consider this. If you're older, I would say 50 plus and healthy even. Maybe this is for you. Just think about it. I'm not even pushing it. I don't give a fuck. Just letting you know. If you're 40 plus and obese, might want to consider this. Again, not pushing it. Don't care. If you are, you know, 40 plus and have uh, any sort of serious health condition, I would, I would consider this. Not pushing it. Couldn't care less. But for everybody else, I don't understand why you think you need this. Like if you have a you have a serious again health condition, all right. If you're seriously obese, all right. If you're old, all right. Everybody else, like I don't understand why you think you need this. I don't understand why you ever thought you needed this. The numbers dictate that the amount of healthy young people that are dying from this are like non-existent. We're still talking about throughout the whole course of this pandemic. Maybe a dozen healthy children have died from this. You'd swear kids are fucking dropping like it's Sandy Hook. Ooh. Yeah. But no. Like, less less healthy children have died from COVID-19 than, than supposedly died at Sandy Hook? Think about that. That's that's a deep stat, and I don't know why the fuck I decided to draw that comparison, but that's where we're at. Yes, about four to 500 kids have died from this. Largely, extraordinarily unhealthy kids, either because of some sort of condition, meaning that almost any other similar disease, like a flu, could have very well been the trigger point for these people, or, or we're talking about people that were kids that were so unhealthy that, it, you know, it was probably parentally induced. Feeding one too many fucking cheeseburgers to these kids. And you know what? I was thinking about the irony of this the other day. As a matter of fact, I think I talked about this at the very, very beginning of the pandemic. And now that it's kind of come full circle, I kind of love it even more. The idea that there's like a, there's like a, a, a let's say a husband and a wife, they're in their early 60s. I'll use like kind of my parents and, and me as a gauge, right? Like, cause I'm in my mid thirties. My parents are in their early sixties. So there's a, there's a couple out there who's in their early sixties, possibly susceptible to this virus, certainly early on. Again, not willing to make the claim that Omicron is like going to absolutely not have any serious effect on any of those susceptible people. But for the rest of us, pff, again, to be ain't no thing, but a chicken wing. And that's at least what the data is showing us so far. So let's say there's a couple out there in their early 60s, and uh, they're susceptible to this. Like, they need to really 
take this seriously and isolate from the rest of society as best they can. They're going to work from home. Problem. Their, their deadbeat son who lives in his, who's in his mid-30s lives at home with him. Not me. But could have been me, right? I guess. I don't know. My parents probably have kicked me out by now anyway. It's probably why I live on, by myself. Um, but ultimately, these people who allowed their deadbeat, you know, mid-30-year-old son to just kind of live with them, work a dead-end job, and go to the bars every night are now susceptible to this virus because they have a guy in their house who has no fucking business there, who if they had raised properly wouldn't be there, but because they didn't, now they're at risk. I would lo- I, like I would love to just like spend uh, I don't know twenty two minutes inside the mind of one of these people that are out there going through this scenario right now, thinking like man. If I didn't have my fucking loser son living home right now, I'd have nothing to worry about. But now I got to worry about where he's fucking going. If I try to keep him here, he's just going to fucking lie to me. What am I going to do? Take the car from him? He's 34. Like, it's his car. But he's gonna, like he, he's just going to go right from work. He's going to go to the bars. He's going to drink. He's going to try and bring women home. He's going to, like, all this shit because he's a fucking loser. He's not going to actually bring any women home, so I don't have to actually worry about that. But nevertheless, he's going to continue to live his life not give a fuck about me, even though, really, that's precisely how I should have treated him, say, five to ten years ago, where I should have just continued living my life and told him to fuck off and get a job. But nope, I didn't, and now he lives here, and now I gotta fucking deal with this. There is far too many people that fit that scenario, because we all know, listen, love my mid-30s people out there, my fellow Malens, we are... Not the greatest generation. We're not the we're not the toughest. We're not the greatest. We're not the strongest. But we're people, <laughs> and people are talking about those people talking. But yes, ultimately, the millennials. There's a lot of them still living at home with their parents, and they're probably putting their parents at risk. And none of this would have happened if their parents had just fucking raised them properly. So I like to think that there's a lot of people out there really reconsidering their life choices. And hopefully they'll start voting Republican soon. Anyway, um, I don't really have much else. I really wanted to hit on Omicron. I want to hit on Rittenhouse. There's there's obviously so much more going on. I made my big prediction for 2022. It's uh, the, they're coming for the podcast. That is that is it. They're coming for the podcast platforms, the Stitchers, the uh, the Google Plays, certainly the Amazon Plays, and all those things. They got a real easy, you know, probably switch. They could just flip tomorrow, and all of us who are still sane and somewhat anchored to reality, uh, can just be completely eviscerated from the internet. And, and you know, hopefully that parallel economy is there. Hopefully Rumble gets their, you know, I don't want to say get their shit together. Rumble just went public recently. You cannot believe. Oh, uh, I don't want to give the ticker because I, I oh, yeah, I don't remember it. I definitely don't want to give it and, and certainly don't want to be wrong about it, but they just went public. Check that out. You can Google, you know, Rumble video, goes public or whatever you'll find that you'll find the ticker for the the holding company um but you know they they like i said they need to get some music in infrastructure over there they need to get people from youtube like some of the bigger shows uh to to move over there and and it can't just be about politics you need to start getting some of the culture stuff over there and look you don't need to ask them to leave youtube stay on youtube just do stuff over here so that the people who don't want to go to youtube could still watch your stuff you know 
that uh, apparently they have a, a, you know a pretty decent ad you know revenue sharing whatever that whatever they do over there in comparison to what YouTube does. So as long as the the pay is comparable, I don't see why creators you know wouldn't wouldn't just upload to a different platform, which I'm sure in not too long from now somebody will create something that will just be able to upload to both of them for you instantaneously. Like why wouldn't you just you know upload to a second platform? Is it that big a deal? It's a second revenue stream, potentially. Maybe people who are conservative, who might have never found your content, might stumble upon you. And yeah, maybe you don't agree on politics, but you like the same type of books or movies or magazines or what magazines? Who fuck reads magazines anymore? I don't know. I'm an old man. (laughs) Huh? Jill? Huh? Mr. President? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of recording a show right now. You're going to have to, you have to go. Secret Service, can you, can you? Yeah, thanks. All right. Uh, yeah, a crazy old man just wandered through the studio. But I guess it happens in, you know, sack of oatmeal's America. But that's it. Really, that's all I got. Uh, I don't even have plugs. Uh, I guess, you know, the, the Twitter machine, at WriteOpinionPod, and I guess WriteOpinionPod.substack.com. Those are, those are the two biggies. Check me out there. I'm doing work on Twitter, people. I'm, I'm slicing and dicing. I got a real good fireball tweet. I'm, 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 I'm attacking blue checks. Like it's my job. Like I'm a like I'm a spider person attacking alternate dimension villains. Spoilers, whatever. Go watch Spider Man. Go enjoy yourselves. And um, hopefully, once the internet is back up in my house, I will be able to upload this episode for you. Have a merry motherfucking Christmas from yours truly, Harrison Bergeron. This has been the right opinion. And as always, we have to remind you that opinions are like assholes, but this asshole has the right opinion. And you can only catch it right here on The Right Opinion. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Boom, 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 ba-dum, boom, 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 what happened? Hey, bro, this is uh, the PC police. Uh, we heard you were singing White Christmas, bro. Yeah, and? Like, why's it got to be White Christmas, bro? Like, couldn't you uh, be a little bit more diverse? Yeah, I mean, it's Christmas, I guess. We can give this a shot. Here it goes. Let's take it from the top. Boom, 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 I'm dreaming of a multiracial Christmas. Ah, uh, not again. Hey, bro, sorry, I should have mentioned this the first time, but like, Christmas, bro, like, seriously, there's a lot of people out there who don't celebrate Christmas, bro. Yeah, but you see, it's a Christmas song. Like, it's about Christmas. It's geared specifically towards people who celebrate Christmas. Yeah, bro, but could you, like, be a little bit more, like, all-inclusive, like, for the holiday season, bro? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could. All right, I'm going to give this one more shot. Let's go ahead, take it from the top. Boom, 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 boom. I'm dreaming of a multi
multiracial holiday season Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen Do we Oh, what the fuck is it now? Yeah, bro, it's 2018, bro, so, like, children don't really need to listen anymore. They're actually capable of making their own decisions for things, even though, like, five minutes ago, I would have just considered them to be, like, a crop of cells, bro. But, like, the idea of children listening to their parents is, like, it's a social construct, bro. Like, get with the times. It's not even about children listening to their... You know what? Never mind.